Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Ethan coming at you live from the True You HQ. This is the fifth episode of the True You podcast. True You is designed to be an outlet for people to visit, to discover their inner greatness, and what it takes to become the best version of themselves. These are real-life conversations with amazing people, the only intention being to add value to our listeners. Um, today, we have Miss Alexis Simmons on with us. Alexis is actually our first East Coast guest, currently residing in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, Alexis began her career after graduating with a four-year degree that she wanted nothing to do with. <laughs> um, and after contemplating uh, the business market and making careful judgments, she actually decided to enter the dermatology industry and partnered with uh, number one brand, Rodan and Fields. And now Alexis currently works with clients on their skin across four countries and three of them she actually lived in. Um, she is passionate about changing skin and empowering lives and even more passionate about taking steps each day in the writing of her book. Um, Alexis and I met a few years ago in Minnesota. I uh, just realized immediately that you just have a gift of connecting with others, such a contagious personality. Um, Alexi, thank you so much for hopping on. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. And thanks for such kind words too. My gosh, you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you always have a bright smile on your face, always adding value to people. And thanks. I mean, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't realize so, that was your first East Coaster too. So you're Western. the first, actually the first female too. So nice. just ahead, <laughs> but many more to come, but, um, yeah, I'm just excited to chat with you. It's been a while. Um, I didn't know, actually, that you were um, in three different countries. What countries did you live in? Yeah, so I uh, technically lived in Canada for a while and Australia for a while. And I, I mean, America is a country. So that technically two cool countries and one very normal one mm -hmm. that we probably are all in. <laughs> one, one very interesting one, yeah. Um, Cool. Well, and what has your experience been like living in, I mean, Australia, my God, I've always just wanted to visit that. Is it, how, how is your sure. experience with, with moving to different areas, being an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, I think that the experience was good because I got a lot of it when I was a kid too. My mom put me on a plane when I was 13 to go live with a family in Denmark. And so I lived between Denmark and France when I was 13 years old. And then in college, I did the study abroad thing for a year and lived in Spain. Um, so of course, once I entered my professional world and the opportunity to go and work in other countries came up, it, it kind of just came naturally. So it was an awesome experience, but um, I think one that I, I, it just was in my nature to take, it wasn't really even a second thought. So it just kind of happened. It's just in my mind what you do <laughs> if you want to grow. Yeah, and you say grow. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've taken a lot out of each of these areas. I mean, experiencing living in different countries, yeah. uh, just the cultural impact. Is there anything that stands out to you? Are there any takeaways that you've that you've gotten from, yeah. from all of that? 
Absolutely. I think, well, to, to really understand the takeaway would really be to understand the cultures. And um, I think, you know, the, the American culture is that we want things now, we want them fast, we want things as quick as we can, as successful as we can. And other countries don't necessarily always think the same way. So some of the, the, I guess, amazing gifts that I took away were the ability to think like other people. So I'm from Minnesota. I mean, I know both of us are coast to coast right now. You're in the West, West, West Coast, I'm in the East Coast. But, you know, coming out of the Midwest, the Minnesota area, we grew up thinking probably more similar to Canadians where, you know, Canada has that real cliche of being nice and Minnesota does as well. And it's so true. Canada is so chill and just really an amazing place to work because everybody that I met, at least in my experience, wanted nothing but the best for for me and, and for anybody that, that comes into their lives. And I really was able to take that and, and generate that same mentality towards others when I meet them. Um, same thing with Australia. Again, just speaking on a professional term, living in Australia was really cool because I found that there was almost a timidness within the business world. I did a lot of networking there and people were, again, very gracious, very kind, but they weren't necessarily gonna approach you as a stranger. They weren't the, the um, come up to you wherever you are and just make friends with you type of people unless you were in a certain circumstance, like relaxed and casual and just kind of more of a play uh, situation. So like on the beach, you could make friends with everybody. But in a business setting, it's almost like everybody in Australia felt very uncomfortable in business settings, even if they never they never showed it. So I learned, again, just from my own personal experience, to take away the relationship building aspect of that, where maybe you don't work strictly in a business setting. Maybe you bring business to the Christmas party and just make it fun and make it a part of life instead of changing your life to fit business. And I think both both of those two countries that I was in really played a role in changing my American mindset, where somebody actually told me once that it, in, uh, Americans live to work and everybody else works to live. And I really loved that and really kind of adapted that in my life today. So that was probably the biggest gift that I took away from both countries was being able to just bring it into a real life situation what i do wow. personally yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting just adapting to just their their way of being yeah. i mean um, <clears throat> i'm sure it's humbling too when you're back here and you you take away those experiences and and um mm -hmm. just understanding how different the world is and how people like move i mean it's it's crazy yeah absolutely um so today, I mean, you're in Boston. How's the experience out there? How's networking been? What's what's uh, exciting going on in the life of Alexis now? <laughs> um, you know, we're in a really strange time in our in our history, aren't we? I think things yeah. are different now than they ever have been, and they are good and they are bad in certain ways. I think that you know there isn't uh, one way that's better than the other, or it's just different. That's, that's really the bottom line. So for me, I would say that my life on the East coast, um, I was, it really began as a normal new Englander East coast mentality of, you don't really say hi to people on the streets. You kind of just 
walk past them. Um, if you smile at somebody, they think you're weird. But now, <laughs> now, not in Minnesota. No, right? not in yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> no, no. Even California, it's like that too. Yeah. So yeah. No, no. You're a hundred percent right. Even the even the the West Coast. I think in California, people are very friendly. Although I always give the example of the uh, the friend who you ask their opinion of your favorite shirt. So I, I lived in LA for two years. I lived in Minnesota. I grew up there. Um, I've been out here now for two years on the East Coast. And I find that that this analogy, and maybe you can correct me if you have a different perception, but the analogy seems to fit where if you ask somebody on the West Coast if they love your shirt or like your shirt, they're all going to say, yeah, it's the best shirt ever. That is so cute. I want to get it, blah, 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 a million compliments. And then they're going to turn around and be like, that is the ugliest effing shirt I have ever seen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And there's there's a lot of what we call fronts what yes. people put on. Yes. Yeah. And then the Midwest, of course, as we know, Minnesota, we're so nice by nature, but very passive aggressive. So it's not necessarily a kindness so much as it is just an innate niceness to not break social norms. So if you ask somebody in Minnesota if they like your shirt, they're going to say, yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to say, yeah. yeah, they're not going to expand on that at all. They're going to not tell anybody else it's ugly. They're not going to say anything about it being great. They're just going to stop. The East Coast yeah. is totally different. If you ask somebody on the East Coast if they like your shirt and they don't, we're, we're kind of going with the, you know, they don't actually like it. The East Coasters will straight up tell you, nah, girl, I'll take that off. That's the ugliest effing shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> like you need yeah. to go get a new one. And I think that, you know, that that has been really um, almost for me out here uh, refreshing <laughs> to have that kind of say there's value in being straight up like. Yes, yes. That honesty is really nice. So I think the biggest the biggest thing in my life that's different beyond it being COVID and not really smiling at anybody out here is that when someone does smile at you, it's genuine. So when you do have a connection with somebody, um, you know you're in their circle and you will be in their circle for as long as you wanna be or they wanna be in your circle. So that's kind of been the best part about living on the East Coast is I may not be making as many connections, especially not during all this COVID stuff, but uh -huh. I'm making more genuine ones. And I really like that. It's something that I think I'll take away. Being, I'm, I, I, well, it's, it's, we always have to sort through people. I mean, you're a big networking gal. It's like understanding the genuine from the ungenuine because out here, like you said, it's, it's, it's different out here. I mean, you're going to come across a lot of people that you think are, mm -hmm. um, you know, magnificent or they can change your life or they are yeah. like this, but it's like, <laughs> or, what's really going on? And like, for me, at least as an individual, I like to hear what I need to hear. Right. What I necessarily want to hear because right. there's way more value in that. It's not the short term feel good. It's the, okay, well, this is what I'm actually dealing with. But so if somebody has kind of a self-esteem issue and they've never really had friends going to the West coast is great because as long as you don't catch on to that, you will think you have a million friends. <laughs> So there's uh, it, that. It, will, it will raise your self-esteem for uh, a good period of time. Yeah, it yeah. definitely will. Exactly. It's, it's just it's so interesting how the world is so similar, but yet so different at the Very. same time. Com good way to put mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and, and relating to others and, and 
I mean, the power of networking too, which you're amazing at. Thank it's you. like that you learn so much just getting out there and, and understanding people. And I mean, not even now digitally understanding how, how people like um, express themselves and communicate, but especially in a day to day, you know, out on the streets, like, Hey, meeting new people, like it just, it's so interesting. And I feel like there's always something to learn. And that's why I love networking. I love network marketing. I love it because you learn so much. Yep. You have to really, I think the biggest gift too, that people can take away from networking, even if they're not networking for any specific reason, if it's just to meet new people is that you get to learn so many new stories. So you learn about different careers. You learn about different people. You learn, you're almost listening. You learn how to listen more than talk when you're networking. And that's kind of the cool part too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the best communicators are the best listeners, right? And, and understanding like yeah. where people are coming from. That's what they I mean, say. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How So networking, I mean, just on that topic, what's your experience been um, just with with the, you're in, the industry you're in and the business you're in and networking and just overall um entering into that let's say somebody listening is like man i'd like to get out and network a little bit more i'd like to make some money off of that like what would you yeah. what would you say to them oh my gosh okay so this is like we could do a five-hour conversation about networking which i will not <laughs> i had to go down this direction a little bit with you because i know you're gonna add some value <laughs> i know it's like this is your, this is your oh thanks yeah no networking is is kind of my um, it's my safe zone, actually, as much as people are really afraid of, of meeting with people. And it's, it can be so intimidating to go into a room and shake hands with a total stranger, especially if you're not sure if they have COVID. Right now, it's just, you know, it's a very scary thing. However, I think the biggest thing with networking for those who are afraid is to change your mindset, to not look at yourself as the only person walking into that room that may not know people, but to look at yourself as one of maybe 30 or 50 or 100 that also doesn't know people. So we're not alone when we're going into that circumstance. Um, I used to teach actually through one of the community colleges in Minnesota, uh, a networking 101 class so to speak, mm -hmm. where it went through some of the do's and don'ts, the, you know, the 60 second elevator pitches or commercials, however you want to phrase them. And, you know, they were little things that don't even matter right now. Like if somebody serves food at a networking event, don't eat it and sit down. Like don't, you immediately shut yourself off. If you need to eat when you get there, get there first thing or wait till the end. But that, I mean, those, those aren't even relevant right now because everybody's doing networking online right now. Primarily, mm -hmm. primarily, there is some networking in person still, in which case that mindset and changing your mindset is even more important to know you are not the only one walking in there that's a little bit nervous. Um, and when you do think like that, it makes it seem more comforting almost to know you're not alone, that, that everybody's in the same boat. So whenever I did go to a different country or, you know, all the places I've lived in Arizona and LA and Boston and Wisconsin, I mean, Minnesota, all these places, um, networking was the first thing that I looked up and I just Googled networking in whatever zip code I was in. And I would just mm -hmm. go to them. I never go to networking events that are over $20. I don't find that there's a value in them any more than there's a value in a free one. 
So that's kind of a beginner lesson, I think, for people is if you're just starting out, you don't need to pay a ton of money. The best part about the networking is the connections you're going to make. The, the I guess, best case if you spend a ton is you might walk away with some swag and free food, but you can probably find that cheaper anyway. <laughs> so mm -hmm. trying to stick to a minimal amount. Um, but yeah, networking in, in general has been pretty much the bread and butter of what I do to grow those relationships. Yeah. With my job, I am 100% relationship oriented. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a brick and mortar location. So when people work with me with their skin conditions, they're working with me wherever they're comfortable. And if I meet them at a hotel lobby or a Zoom office space from my own home and their own home, regardless, I'm gonna offer them to meet me wherever they're most comfortable, whether that's stay on the computer or goes to a coffee shop. So, right. yeah, so really networking has kind of sets the tone for me and my clients. Seeing eye to eye mm -hmm. to whoever it is with, right? Meeting them at where that meeting them where they are. Mm -hmm. um, I love at the beginning of that, you said you are not alone. It's like, you're not the monkey in the room. Yeah. I mean, in just the mindset, mm -hmm. like what's the mindset going into these um, settings, yeah. right? That, um like, man, this, this is like, how does everybody else feel? What's, what's, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of people naturally fall into a somewhat of a victim mindset too, when it comes to anything that really involves getting uncomfortable. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and yeah. So it's like just letting that go. Mm -hmm. um, that's beautiful. How's the transition been for you online with the today's day and age? Cause like you said, I mean, you are brilliant at going out there and going into those physical spaces and you know, that's how we met. Yeah. And then looking at today's world, it's just so interesting because there's just, it's, it's just different, obviously yeah. with COVID and the restrictions. It's so different. Um, you know, I think there was a brief moment in, in last March and April where everybody on earth panicked. So we all kind of shut down and had to evolve and adapt and figure out what was going to work. So when the shift went to online networking, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to catch on to that. <laughs> like I kept waiting for yeah. things to open because I truly believe you can't replace person to person connection. You can feel someone's, I hate to say energy because it sounds so hippy dippy, but you really can feel how you click with somebody and how you vibe with somebody in person without even saying a word. Mm -hmm. And we lose that when we do online, but because it's all we've had, uh, I went from doing five to 10 in-person networking events a week to doing probably three online ones because they are exhausting. <laughs> online <laughs> ones are so much harder. I think that they're easier for people who are a little nervous about networking because you go there, you say your 60 second commercial and then you don't have to say another word. You can just sit on it. For me, where I wanna go into a room for 20 minutes, meet five new people and then go, okay, bye. And then just reach out to them and see if we can grab coffee so I can actually get to know them later. That's where I feel like you can do more when you can spend less time working smarter, not harder. But these online ones, you can't leave. So the other day I got stuck on a networking event and I was put into a breakout room. I'm a 32 year old blonde female. And I was in a breakout room <laughs> with five 80 year old men who were all finance people. <laughs> and oh, I went, fun. Yep, fun. yep, like this is, this is not the right room for me. And I couldn't leave. I had to sit there for 20 minutes. So it, yeah, it can be uncomfortable online, which is why I don't do as many, but 
I do think for people who are new to networking, I mean, that's a great practice round. There's the silver lining, what you just said, right? Like if you're like today is like the world we live in, that was a great time to start. Yeah. That's a great yeah. time to just get out there and just to, mm-hmm. to connect because everybody's using it right now. Like right. look at how abundant that space is right now. Right. I mean, it's not the same. A hundred percent. I agree. There's something, there's so much value with, seeing eye to eye, like, and communicating, not verbally. I mean, even the tone of our voice, the way we're talking right now expresses mm-hmm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's different, but the, 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 just the, the gestures and the environment and being physically there, there's so much, I feel like mm-hmm. that's valuable in that, but it's so abundant right now online. It's, it's, it's good to get on and good to just get those seeds planted. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And honestly, it's so much fun. I I mean, everywhere I've ever moved, I've made my best friends networking, all of them, every single one of them networking. So it's not just about business growth. It's about personal growth, friendship growth, all the growths. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And um, you may not even know what you're like, I, I'd go to networking events, not even knowing why I'm going. Yeah. I mean, there's always like, there's some, okay, well, there's I like business. I'd like to add value to somebody else or get value from somebody, but Mm -hmm. maybe I'll make a friend. Maybe, you know, who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, when people ask me what I'm looking to gain from networking events, I tell them it's three things and it can be all three or it can just be one of them. It doesn't matter. But first and foremost, number one is the friendships. That is the most important part to me is to make sure that I am present for that person. I know that right now it's tough. We're all very isolated And for myself personally, you know, I'm an introvert, extrovert. I think they call them ambiverts. So I do need some level of socialization where I just need friends too, someone to talk to. Second though, of course, is, you know, your own personal gain. Of course, with business, you never know who you're going to talk to, who can use your services. But the third really is the part where you don't know who you can help too. Like, it's a really good thing to be a resource to others. Like you were saying, you know, it's, it's nice to, to be able to give back. And, you know, I never know when somebody's going to ask me for a plumber and I had just talked with one last week or, you know, a, a carpet cleaner, or someone mm-hmm. like that. You just never know. So mm-hmm. those are the three big reasons to network. And there's never enough relationships, I feel like, that you mm-hmm. can build. And, exactly. and, and, you can, and you can continue to to build and build and build off of the ones that you have too. And they can, it's, it's just a value circle. Like where's like, I feel like um, the power of your network is the power of your, of your life, the significance that you can provide. Like, like if, if there's Mm -hmm. something I'm going through in a space that I've been blessed enough to have somebody that I have a relationship that is excellent in that space, Mm -hmm. I now can, can use that as a resource the same with me towards other people it's a given it's a give and get sort of thing so totally well um, and I, I think we have we have this this quote backwards where people think it's all who you know and I think that that's backwards I don't think it's all who we know it's who knows us I think instead of it's mm-hmm. us knowing them it's them knowing us if somebody's looking for a job you can go to a million people that you know that are high ranking in certain companies but if they don't know who you are it doesn't matter but if they know who you are and they know you're looking for a job, you're more likely to get one than if you're like, oh, well, I know who you are because I babysat your kids and you don't remember me, but now I'm all grown up, <laughs> wow. you know? So, yeah. That's powerful to put that twist on it. It's them Thanks. knowing us. Yeah. Thanks. 
Yeah, so that's Beautiful. with networking. I think that's all I got. <laughs> oh no, we could probably we could talk for the next three hours on this. Um, what 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 are you up to with your book? I want to hear about your book. What's oh what's gosh. that? I you know I say it more you as a <laughs> you're not going to give me a bio saying you're writing a book and I don't get to hear about the book. We got to <laughs> we got to learn about this. <laughs> it, it's partly metaphorical, partly I actually am writing one. Um, it will never be published until I die. Like it's legit, not like. I, I don't think it's a book that will teach anybody anything other than maybe my grandkids. However, I've done too many things in life and I've had too many weird experiences that need to be written down. Like I'm a huge believer in history and, you know, knowing that history will repeat itself someday and learning from that is so smart. It's part of the reason I chose Boston when I picked the next place to move. I love history. And I know that I have 32 years of it, which isn't that that much, but in a hundred years, it's going to be a lot more. So I love just writing down the experiences and stories I've had, like going to Denmark when I was 13 and living with that family and falling in the ocean because I was leaning over trying to see the little mermaid statue and, you know, going to the Louvre in France. And I apparently fall in water a lot because I slipped and fell into the Louvre fountain and mm. all the French boys laughed at me. I'm 13. Like it was the most humiliating thing in my life. Like, you know, the, those types of stories, but also, I mean, having a firsthand living experience into what we are going through right now to be able to write down how, you know, with COVID happening and, and this, this thing that we were all so afraid of and we all didn't really understand and how we coped with that from just one person's perspective. I hope that someday when like my great grandkids or grandkids or whoever cares to read it looks back they go, okay, I can overcome something hard because she looked at that and said, this isn't the end of the world. The end of the world only happens when everything is finally written and the end of your page is, is done. Like that's, there's always choices. There's always choices to look at things with positivity, with negativity, everything's a choice. So the hope is that as I write through some of these crazy times in my life that I can impact and influence people in the future to, to look back and not think that they're incapable of going through problems because we all go through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And it's like journaling, self-journaling, right? Like you're taking experiences from your own life. And yeah, it's got to be interesting for you too to look back on your own life to, to take away. You know, surprisingly, I've never read it. I just write it. And it's, what? yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I write it like it's a story. So I don't write it like it's me talking about it. I write about it from whatever, first, third person. I mean, clearly I'm not not an actual author. But I mean, I write about it from like, as she walked into the room and she noticed that her grandma was dead on the floor, which did not happen. But like, you know, from that perspective where, you know, okay. I talk about dialogue and things I actually remember that were said and I changed some names. I like give acronyms for a few um, initials, but just creating your own story. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of writing it in terms of chapters. So I think I'll title it my life in 10 boxes because I've moved so many times. I've actually moved every six months since I was 18. So for almost 15 years, it's been every six months. And I figure that's something that when people are afraid to pick up and move one more time, you just get used to it. Things can become habitual. Mm -hmm those life lessons. Yeah. Wow. You've moved every six. Is there a method to that? Like what? I'm curious <laughs> yeah. about that now. It's don't collect a lot of crap. That's, that's the method. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> no, some, some Facebook of, marketplace. Right. How to make money off the Facebook marketplace? Move every six months. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. You can make money anyway. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, interesting. Even in Boston, I've been here for a year and a half, and I've moved four times. I'm like, what, what am I, why? Like first, you know, obviously there's personal reasons for a lot of them, but some of them were just my lease. I only signed six month leases. Like I want to experience new places, new things. And it's really not that expensive to hire a moving company if you're only moving across town. So, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you're good. Yeah, that's such an interesting approach. I love that. I mean, just the, you're, you're ex- drive to experience the new it's, it's, that's exactly that's amazing it. yep yep experience the new that's exactly it I, I feel like and that's what I meant when I said that you know I'm writing my book um I want to live a life okay, worth, <laughs> worth reading about but that, yeah <laughs> but that's beautiful that's beautiful though and and just your approach towards towards that and like that's you living your best life absolutely thank you yeah. And that's partly why I need, I had to get out here. I mean, and this is a miniature scale of like every six months to me. That's like, wow, you're moving. That's shaky. It's awesome. Yeah. But like even coming out here, it's like, what do I, what's the unknown? Like, yeah. What's the unknown? Like? Mm-hmm. Curiosity. Yep. Yep. Curiosity inspires change and inspires growth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we all learn from it. I mean, we all take examples out of our, our own lives and other people's lives that we can, um, you know, innately put into our own, our own experiences. And um, like a lot of times I watch other people and how they react in certain circumstances engage whether I would be the same, or if I would be different, or, you know, anything like that, just kind of seeing um, how other people behave, and then adjust my behavior based on how mature, smart, um, kind, however, you know, appropriate, I feel the behavior was. So we're always learning from others. Always learning, Mm -hmm. always be learning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that. Um, So just kind of, I mean, I know we talked about networking for a while, but just as a female businesswoman and your experience, I mean, I know we've got some female listeners too, and just uh, um, seeing your growth in that and and what you've been able to accomplish. Is there anything like uh, a message that speaks to that audience that, that you have? I know that you worked with plenty and have helped a lot out on their own journeys. So yeah, just uh, interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked that. You know, it's, I'm not a feminist, but like kind of, but like not, (laughs) I still think guys should open doors for girls. Um, But, you know, in an era where we are entering a new world, we have the first woman vice president ever right now inaugurated in. And there's just all these, yeah, all these new women empowerment things happening around the country and all these new amazing women that are coming out of the woodworks and making changes and standing up. And, you know, we're, we're honoring those people. I think that as women, if, if you are an entrepreneur or even just someone who has a strong willpower and, and you want to create your own life and your own legacy, embrace it. Don't let anyone tell you not to. I, I think that that's something that when I started, um, I actually, I think I mentioned, you know, or you mentioned in my bio, I had a four-year degree and I didn't want anything to do with it. I graduated college and said, nope, I want to work in a field that can actually grow. I don't want to do what I just spent four years, tons of money, all this education and time into. And I was told that I was wrong. 
I was told that I would never succeed. I was basically disowned by my family. It took my uh, extended family five years to even ask me what I did. And I stuck with it. I pushed forward. And my, my goal became driven to prove them wrong, not within malice or malicious intent, but to show them that as a woman, I am as empowered and able to create things and to create change and to do big things as a man who decides to go out and do it. So for women, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where our mindset has to be even stronger, especially when we're going out and we're, we're putting ourselves out in the world to the networking public, to the, the masses, to our families even, but really just in business to, um, you know, some guys that aren't quite as intelligent as you, Ethan, you know, they're, they're, they're a little backwards. They're a little bit um, less, less equal thinking than, you know, our generation really is. And I think for those women, it's just a matter of keeping themselves and their hearts at the core of whatever they're doing. If they truly believe in what they're backing, what they're supporting, what they want, then no one can tell them they're wrong. So I will say too, you know, on a much less um, rampant, passionate raid, I guess, venting system, um, <laughs> that it also is something to be cautious of. You know, if you go into a room full of males, be on your guard. You know, we are definitely, I hate to say it, but a little less strong physically, not mentally, but physically. You know, if you put yourself in a bad situation, get yourself out of it. You know, try to dress appropriately. Uh, when I was 23 and I started my business, I was moving, I moved to LA. I didn't know a single person in the entire state of California. I was a baby basically trying to make this work. And I walked into a networking event and I had a mini skirt on and I learned real quick that is not what you wear to a business event. So from then on out, I wore, you know, maybe I would wear shorts, but I would also wear a suit top and I would wear a high collared shirt and my hair would be in a top bun and, you know, minimal mm -hmm. makeup. Like I didn't draw attention to myself. My, my fashion changed because I wanted to be perceived differently. So we have that power as men and women, but I think women, um, we risk a little more if we're not careful about that. So. Yeah. I don't know if that's a clear like thing. Thanks. No. Yeah. That was, that was great. Yeah. And, and you said keeping like whatever it is at their, like their core mm -hmm. intact, like what, like in keeping like that to me, that means like keep the vision close, mm -hmm. like really like what, what it is like, cause like not putting the blinders up, being aware of what's going on in your surroundings, but like, um, you know, what, what's, what's my vision, what's pulling me. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's going to be, I mean, I can't imagine it's a very vulnerable, it's a very, it's, it's a different world for you guys than it is for, for males. And it's, um, it's tough for anybody getting out networking or pushing towards something, striving towards something. But like, like you mentioned there, keep whatever it is that's important at their core. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something I'm passionate about is, is helping women. But I, I think, you know, as equality becomes a bigger topic um, throughout demographics, whether it be uh, race, gender, sex, all of those things, I think that, you know, so many of these lessons can be gender neutral too. Like there are so many men who, you know, maybe they're homosexual and they're afraid to walk into the room and be themselves. Honestly, I tell them, wear the wig, <laughs> wear the amazing clothes, but do it with a passion that's going to support whatever your core goal is. If you're just doing it to create a point, maybe it's not the best time. 
But if it's something that backs whatever you ultimately want to see happen, your goals, your end goals, then by all means, don't let anyone tell you not to do that. So yeah, gender neutral, even, I mean, all those messages really are, right? Like we all need that kind of motivation and support. Exactly. And it goes back into embracing the uncomfortable, like we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. just getting out there, just taking that first step and the second and the third and the fourth steps are going to get easier and easier, you know? Yeah. going through all those experiences yeah um as we're coming more towards the the tail end here um you know tell us what you're working on now give us a little bit of that sneak peek of value <laughs> into the the dermatology industry that that we know you've got yeah oh man okay don't get me started on that either because i'll start talking statistics <laughs> at you um it you know i i think that what i have in the works isn't so much change in my business so much as it is just excitement for continuations and easier access into what I'm doing in the future. Once, you know, the vaccine is more prevalent and people are willing to get together in person again. Um, Being winter in Boston, it's very similar to winter in Minnesota where we have snow and we have cold. And so nobody can really go outside. And I, I love hosting things, getting people together, connecting my network. So I'm, I'm doing next week, um, which sorry, Ethan, but like, if you have any girls on here, <laughs> they are welcome to come. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a, a ladies networking event next Thursday night at, I think it'll be 2 PM your time, Pacific time. Um, where's the wig? Where's the wig? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm starting to host some of those events just to connect people who maybe they don't have time to go sit on these zoom calls with, you know, an hour of with the wrong market. Like if it's people who need to work with just women, this is a really good space for them. Cause I'm only giving people three minutes for three people. And then I'm switching them from breakout rooms. So starting to find new ways of connecting others, um, now and in the future, thinking of ways like I'm hosting chicknicks this summer, where it's a bunch of, you know, ladies getting together for picnics. I'm I'm super into the female oriented world because not everybody is as smart as you. They don't they don't know that their skin is is super important to take care of, that they need to be protecting it. Um, I wish more men caught on to that. It really is, you know, the largest organ on your body. So I will say it's very important to take care of. But uh, yeah, women, women tend to just um, draw to that industry a little bit easier. So yeah, doing a lot of those types of things, um, possibly moving again. I'm making the decision right now on whether, I know, right? Where are we going? Here we, Where are we going? <laughs> here we go. Well, okay. So we'll, we'll have you kind of guess here. So I've gone west to California. I've gone southwest uh-huh. to Arizona. I've gone north to Minnesota. I've gone northeast to Boston. Take a Northwest. No, I already went. Seattle? No. Oh, you went west. <laughs> southeast? Florida? Florida? Yeah. Not Florida, but yeah, south, south, uh, southeast. So thinking southeast. either North South Carolina or Atlanta. Those are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my plan in the next year is to end up down there. So we'll see. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just keeping it going. I love that. And and then and going back to the skin thing too. I'm a guy. I can attest for the the value of what Alexis does. It's it's where it's helped. Out. I mean, the sun in California is no joke. It's helped me out a ton. But just helping people not only be healthy but feel good in their own skin. I love what you do. Um, that's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any? Final parting, um, 
Like I know we talked a lot about networking, a lot about traveling, a lot about, you know, what it takes as a female to get out there and just, well, gender neutral too, just to get out there yeah. and experience. Is there anything to summarize or any last last thoughts to tie tie everything together? Sure. Yeah, no, always, always. You know, somebody told me once, if you ever get the opportunities, opportunity to speak, take it. So I, I so appreciate you, Ethan, for inviting me on here. Thank you. This has been um, so much fun. I think, you know, we forget when we, we talk about ourselves, it seems so faux pas. So I appreciate the the invite because it's really, um, it's kind of ignited in a new spark in me. You know, it's been a while since I've talk to somebody about things I've done, um, we look at, we look so much at how far we have to go. We forget how far we've come. And so I think that that's the biggest thing that I want to leave your listeners with is if they do have big goals, don't focus on the past because at least this last year, if all you did was get out of bed every day, you succeeded. Like that's good enough. And you don't need to think about that because it's over. It's done. 2020 is done. Um, 2021 is a new year. So yeah, yeah. Don't think of how far you you have to go, but instead um, remember, not necessarily in details if it doesn't make you happy, but at least keep in mind that you have come a long way and that, you know, your your goals really are within reach always. It's just mindset. I, I love that. And if you've came that far, you can go twice as far in the future mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Take taken from that. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Alexis, where can we find you? Just uh, like, are you like the pages, uh, handles online? Where, where can we find you? Yeah. Thanks. No, um, I'm on, I mean, Facebook is probably the easiest way. It's my name, Alexis Simmons, A-L-E-X-I-S, Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Otherwise my Instagram handle is, uh, class underscore and underscore sunshine um keeping that positivity but i know you and you and i are friends on facebook too so if anybody goes to your your friends list they could probably find me (laughs) i'm sure but all right well thank you so much i'll let you get back to that uh bostonian life that you live and all the fun january snow thanks um i'm sure we'll be in touch alexis and thank you all for listening and uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.